When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Talk some football because of course we do. We got college going on right now. NFL tomorrow. Falcons and Jags. Nice and early. 9.45 a.m. Get your coffee ready. Right now, let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Welcome in our buddy Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network. Joe, how are you? Um, I'm doing great. The slate of games today aren't exactly very exciting, but, uh, you know, excited as always. It's another Saturday, and we've, we've got some pretty pretty good action coming up tonight with this Notre Dame-Duke game, but uh, good day as always. Yeah, Colorado certainly made it more interesting than I think a lot of people would have expected, especially being – uh, 21 point underdogs going into the game, but I want to talk about Caleb Williams because Joe, I've heard some other names bantied about your Michael Penixes of the world, Shadur Sanders. Caleb Williams is the Heisman front runner right now, right? I would say so because he has the momentum from last season really helps him, and, and this year he's been phenomenal. But I, I don't think that the the race is as far as some people might believe I, I think you bring up Michael Penix and his performance so far this season the way that he has looked he's been phenomenal uh, his receivers have been setting him up to just connect on every single deep ball that he throws um, but I think that he Michael Penix and Caleb Williams it's, it's a battle right now between the two of them it's very early on in the season but those two guys right now for me have easily looked the best so the other side of this game of course is Colorado and like I said they Wound up making it very, very interesting at the end. So, Joe, my my point here is that for all the detractors and all the haters, we joked around about this earlier in the show, with the, with the near win that they had today coming all the way back, this Dion hype train is not slowing down, Joe. No, absolutely not. It's a loss, but it's still a really impactful one. It's one where, and he spoke about after the game, the, the way that they fought and to stay in it and to crawl back into a position where they only were down a score. Uh, and maybe if they recovered that onside kick, maybe they could have tied the ball game up the way that they were easily moving the ball the way that they did. Their, their defense obviously still has problems. Their offensive line is, is still a bit weak, and it's going to hurt them in their other games down the line when they face teams with good pass rushes. But they are just a really, really well-coached, tight-knit team, and they have a really, really good mentality uh, in every opportunity that they have to play. I think that Oregon game was just more a testament to how dominant Oregon is and less of a a detraction on what Colorado can do. I I think that there's been two sides of the spectrum. There's been the sides of everyone saying that they're going to win the Pac-12, and then there's the, the very negative side after the Oregon game where a lot of people were saying, like, oh, they stink, they're the worst team in the conference. I think the middle ground that many were saying but not getting recognized for saying, and I was one of these people, 
that they're going to be a 7-8 win football team, eight wins if it goes all according to plan, and they're going to go to a bowl game. And that is still a massive, massive achievement to turn things around for, for Deion Sanders to do all that. You give uh, Duke any shot tonight against Notre Dame? I I really don't think it's going to be very close, especially that five-and-a-half-point line. I think that game compares very similarly to last year when Notre Dame went on the road to the Carrier Dome uh, to face off against the 16th-ranked Syracuse team that was undefeated. And Syracuse looked really good up until that point. And Notre Dame was coming, I think, two weeks removed from their Marshall loss. And they were looking to, to do some damage. And I think it's going to be very similar in this one but if you just look at how these two teams match up, Duke has not been very good at stopping the run. They gave up over 200 yards on the ground to Clemson. Now they did turn over the ball effectively and capitalize on those turnovers. Notre Dame needs to not uh, make any silly mistakes. And I think that they've been one of the best teams in the country in protecting the football. But if they continue to run the ball the way that they have this season, they're going to have their way. Riley Leonard is a fantastic player. I have him ranked as a first round quarterback for the 2024 NFL draft, but he can only do so much. He can only really do so much for that Duke team when they don't really necessarily uh, have the receivers to threaten that Notre Dame secondary. Talking all things NFL and college football with our buddy Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network. Check out his stuff there. You brought up Clemson. Dominant win today over Syracuse, another team you were talking about. Where does Clemson go from here? It seems like they're caught between a rock and a hard place with Dabo's old school philosophies and the changing landscape of college football. Yeah, I've been really uh, adamant about having this discussion on their lack of willingness to to use the transfer portal. And one of the misconceptions with with Dabo is that some believe he's against all of the new um, facets of college football, but they're not afraid to use NIL. They've never been afraid to use money to to coerce players and get players to come play for the program. And um, they have been one of the best programs in college football for allowing guys to be vocal and for media opportunities to make money but they need to dip into the portal they're a team that can and will easily attract top portal targets they just don't make a concerted effort it's it's kind of like one of the comparisons i heard this past the past few weeks is it's kind of like the green bay packers where they refuse to spend money in free agency but they love to just draft guys and hope they develop and they're good at developing players but Uh, At a certain point when you have holes in other teams in the country and in your conference like Florida State are going and filling those holes um, and getting better on a yearly basis, when you have misses in high school recruiting, you have to use the transfer portal. I think that Clemson this year is still a nine-win football team, and they showed today that they're really good defensively, but their lack of receivers are going to continue to hurt them down the line when they have more difficult matchups, like when they have to play Notre Dame um, they're going to need those receivers that they just don't have on the roster right now. When it comes to Georgia, Joe, um, another game here, 10-10 at the half with Georgia and Auburn. Um, I just haven't seen that explosive offense that I think Georgia's going to need to show if they're going to compete the same way they have the past couple of years and combine that with slow starts. And it just hasn't seemed to all be clicking yet for Georgia and you know, they're starting to get into the meat of their schedule a little bit. How concerned are you with them about a trip up? I'm not super concerned. I, I And I almost feel very strange saying that because I feel like I'm going to jinx them for the second half against Auburn. But <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not concerned because we, we look at the injuries that they've been dealing with on the offensive side of the football. Their defense is still as dominant 
as they were last year, despite losing all the guys that they did to the NFL. They are just so hard to move the ball against, and they are aggressive. They fly to the football. They, um, they'll hit you hard. They'll try to knock the ball out. They have that tone that they've had in the past, which is why I'm not worried defensively, but their offensive line's been banged up. Uh, Marius Mims' availability, who's the best offensive lineman on that team, has been spotty because of injuries. Well, Lad McConkey is just kind of getting back into the mix, and their running back room has been decimated, which we know that that offense with Carson Beck, who's new to being in the spotlight, he's going to need help from his running backs, and they just haven't had um, the starters to, to really rely on. So the, the, the injuries that they've suffered, I think that that's the real clear cause. I'd rather, if I'm Georgia, deal with the injury stuff now in the beginning of the season rather than in that final home stretch. I know that they're going to get right, and they've always started a little bit slow, it seems like, under Kirby. I think they're going to figure it out in the next uh, few weeks or so. Quickly to the NFL here before we cut you loose. What have you seen from C.J. Stroud as the rookie who sort of shined the brightest so far through the early going of the NFL season? Yeah, a lot of credit to C.J. Stroud and his performance so far. And, and D'Amico Ryans has really brought a new energy uh, to that team in the way that they're playing. But Stroud is just – one of his biggest deficiencies coming out was his decision-making. And not that he was a poor decision-maker, but he was an overthinker. And I, I'm starting to notice that C.J. Stroud is in a position now where he's able to think freely and he's able to – be decisive, get the football out quickly. Um, he doesn't exactly have the most exciting receiver room in, in the NFL, but despite that, he's, he's able to outperform. And on top of that, talking about injuries in, in the college game, their, their offensive line has been dealing with a ton of injuries. And for him to perform the way that he has, I think is proof that uh, the Texans got a really good guy. And I think that a lot of these other teams too, the Panthers have their guy with Bryce Young and the Indianapolis Colts, when Anthony Richardson's on the field, they definitely have their guy as well. You just mentioned Richardson there. I wanted to talk to you about him because it seems like it's a classic case of he can't do this for very long. And what I mean is the way that he plays the game. He's electric to watch, but he puts himself in harm's way way too much. Yeah, that, that's almost naturally going to happen with, with a big physical runner like that. And I think that he needs to really watch a lot of Jalen Hurts tape because Jalen Hurts is one of the best runners in in the NFL at the quarterback position and knowing how to not put himself in harm's way too often so uh, it does help that Steichen coach Jalen Hurts is, and is going to be able to help him figure out that play style but you're absolutely right and he needs to be more of a threat as a passer I kind of anticipated coming into this year that he wasn't going to be a super highly impactful passer because of the issues that he showed on film last year and it was going to take him some time um, but it might he might need to get caught up on that aspect of his game sooner rather than later. Otherwise, the injuries could continue to pile up. All right, Joe, last one before we let you go. Got to talk about our Falcons a little bit. Bajon Robinson, everything you expected? Oh, absolutely. I think that Bijan Robinson was not only the biggest home run prospect in the class, but for him to land where he did, it was a home run situation. I, I, I said this after the pick was made that, they're going to run the ball so well, and then Arthur Smith is going to find creative ways for him to excel. And the stats that he's put up is on a legendary pace. It's just what, what bugs me so much is, is the lack of help that he gets at the quarterback position because Bijan could do everything. And I, I just 
I worry so much that Desmond Ritter can't get that job done. I, I wonder what the solution is going to be long term. I think that there's a really, really good shot that they can still win the NFC South this year. But they, this upcoming offseason, and maybe even at the trade deadline, they need to really, really put their heads together and figure out what options do we have to go and get a veteran quarterback because Desmond Ritter is not only too young to be it, but he's also just not the guy that is going to work to help that offense go from being really physical on the ground to being very, very well-rounded and difficult to stop. All right, I lied. Now I have one more because, Joe, this is what we've been talking about the entire show today, uh, unbeknownst to you. Here's my issue, and I want to see your take on it real quick. Desmond Ritter's growth, and I don't believe personally that he's absolutely not going to be a decent quarterback in the NFL. I think the jury's still out. But his growth right now is just not matching up with where the rest of the team is in terms of finally being the first year that fans could be excited about them being out of salary cap hell and finally moving on from Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and their onerous contracts. If this team wants to have playoff aspirations, the quarterback needs to do his part. And through the first couple of weeks, two out of the three games, he just hasn't. Well, the bigger issue with Desmond Ritter, it's not even so much that he's been playing poorly that it's putting his team – He's making mistakes that's, like, really hurting his team. This isn't like a Daniel Jones-type situation. And I'm a Giants fan, and having watched enough Daniel Jones, I can tell you right now he's he's not as reckless as Daniel Jones is. But a lot of times I think a misconception with NFL fans is we'll we'll have a guy like Desmond Ritter who's just really steady in a way, but not dynamic enough to impact the game. You're not going to expect him to make, like, a big, splashy play uh, when he's called upon to do it. And, and that, in, that in theory is the problem. If you want to win football games in the NFL, a guy like that is um, – it's a deterrence to your offense. You need someone who, when you need a third and long or uh, it's third and goal and it's on the seven-yard line to make a decisive big throw instead of just checking it down, something along those lines, they have to have to turn to a veteran. And I agree with you, the point that you're making – he could figure it out and it could take him a few years and he could end up being a, like Geno Smith. Geno Smith took a, took a long time before he really took over and ended up being a really good uh, starting quarterback for the Seahawks. But if they want to have success now, and if you want to not waste that window with Bijan and all these receivers and that offensive line, you got to go and get a veteran. You got to go and find somebody. And I don't know who that is. Maybe that's Kirk Cousins this offseason. Somebody that will rally around the group um, and help bring them up to a higher level instead of just playing to that average uh, mediocre level that he's been playing. All right, Joe, thank you so much. Appreciate the time as always. We'll have you on again soon. Of course. Thanks for having me. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.